This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is Angie Bassini for Knowledge at Wharton. Joining me today is Dr. Tom Robertson, a marketing professor, former dean, and the current director of the J.H. Baker Retailing Center here at Wharton. He's sharing the results of his latest research into consumer loyalty, and the news isn't good, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic. The study, which was done with marketing firm WisePlum, finds that overall loyalty has decreased during the pandemic as online shopping has increased, and more customers are reporting problems when they shop. Even though retailers are scrambling to adjust during these unprecedented times, customers are less forgiving than ever. Dr. Robertson will unpack all of that for us and talk about what retailers should be doing to keep their shoppers from jumping ship. Dr. Robertson, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. Yeah. So let's start by telling us what inspired this research and what questions were you trying to answer? Right. Uh, loyalty and loyalty programs have become more popular. And we see companies proposing new programs almost every day. Uh, yesterday it was Kohl's. Um, tomorrow, I don't know who it'll be, but we know a number of companies uh, who are considering uh, moving into loyalty programs or designing new loyalty programs. And yet there's a, a major question, which is to some extent what led to the research as to whether such programs work. Um, do they increase sales and do they increase profits? There's a McKinsey study, it's a little old, it's out of 2011, so you might wonder if it changed. And what it found among US re retailers uh, was that loyalty programs didn't necessarily, well, they certainly didn't increase uh, sales at retailers, in fact, Retailers without loyalty programs at that period in time had a 4% increase in sales, whereas those with loyalty programs didn't get an increase in sales. So the McKinsey study puts a suggestion in your mind that, hey, maybe it's better not to have a loyalty program. And so what we're all about is starting to look, hey, let's look at loyalty programs and, and let's see uh, if we can understand uh, what works and what doesn't work. That's really important right now, uh, especially during what's going on with the pandemic. So tell us, what are the key takeaways from your study that retailers should be paying attention to? Well, a big takeaway, Angie, that you alluded to is that lo loyalty programs will not compensate for poor service or a poor product. It'll just add costs. You have to have the IT uh, in place. Uh, the point of sales data, for example, has to be in place for you to be able to actually use loyalty programs. And if you're transitioning to Greater Online, you have to be ready for it. Uh, you have to design integrated uh, online, offline programs. Um, one of the biggest takeaways of all uh, was that customers were less forgiving during the pandemic. We, we actually expected the opposite. Um, we knew that uh, in, in teaching at Wharton, that as we went from the beginning of the spring semester, which was all on, offline, <laughs> students were in class, uh, to going online for the second half of the semester, um, we thought, well, maybe that'll cause some problems. Well, it caused some challenges, but if we were to look at student ratings of courses, 
and compare the spring semester of this year, 2020, to 2019, student ratings actually went up. So despite all the problems, students seem to be uh, forgiving or they, they seem to think that, hey, online is, is really uh, okay. So we thought that in the uh, retail domain, that uh, if there were problems, that consumers would be forgiving. And this turns out not really to be the case. Ouch. So you started this research with a survey in February, and that was before the pandemic began. And then in May comes, the pandemic's in full effect, and most non-essential retail is closed. So you decide to do a second round of surveys. Right. Over that time, the number of dissatisfied shoppers increased by nearly 10 percentage points. Can you tell us right. what changed in that period? Right. Right. It's about a 10 percent uh, increase in problems uh, from before the pandemic to the middle of May and uh, with some decrease in loyalty. Um, and there is a difference before when, uh, when uh, consumers had problems, the focus was in store. And so they would have problems not being able to find things, so inventory problems, or they would complain about the messiness of stores, or that the salespeople were not helpful. As we got to the pandemic and did the second wave in May, um, all, all of this, actually it was later, May, June, all of this had changed. And the, what people were now, uh, sensitive about was having to pay for shipping to return things, uh, that you needed a receipt to return things, and that the website was difficult to navigate. For us, this seemed to suggest that as the percentage of online sales was going up, that many retailers weren't quite ready for the onslaught of new online sales that were coming in and had some trouble coping with it. Um, so things changed. Uh, a lot of it was due to online um, and, and going from the beginning of the pandemic or before the pandemic to the midst of the pandemic. We're tempted incidentally to do a third wave where we would do a post-pandemic study, but we haven't quite figured out when the post-pandemic is. <laughs> and we think if we jumped back into the field right now, uh, we're not sure what we would say, you know, are we still in the pandemic? Are we in a new wave of it? Are we coming out of it? Um, it's a little bit difficult to uh, pin that down. So I think if we do a third wave, we're going to wait till we can clearly say, yep, the uh, pandemic has for the most part passed. And now we want to see uh, what's going on with loyalty programs. Well, I, that would be an interesting uh, find to see what they've learned, uh, especially from the technical aspect. I think anyone out there who's a, a retail shopper is probably nodding their head as they hear you talk about the troubles that a lot of stores had in, in moving into their online platforms for shopping. Right. So you spoke earlier about uh, shopper loyalty programs. Tell us what you found about that in your research. Right. Well, we find that uh, consumers, I'll go back to saying they're less forgiving, but with programs, they, uh, these members actually had more problems. Uh, and I think in, in many ways, as we've analyzed, is because of the complexity of loyalty programs and points are a big issue. You know, consumers are always trying to figure out how many points they have and what they can 
cash in with these points. And so they have to contact retailers a lot more. Um, they had also had higher expectations. If you're in a loyalty program, you think that the uh, retailer um, is going to treat you in a special way. And you don't expect problems. And if you do have problems, you expect them to be resolved quickly, which wasn't always the case. Um, in fact, their problems, I think, are more complex if they have to call and get more information about points and what they're due and what they're not due. And so I think that uh, the loyalty program customers, the customers who were in loyalty programs, uh, actually had more problems and a higher level of disappointment uh, than people who were not in loyalty programs. So let's talk a little bit about Gen Z shoppers, the young people mm. who love to shop. Uh, your study found that a sizable number of them reported problems with their last purchase based on the surveys that you took. Is there something specific about that age demographic that can explain such a high rate of dissatisfaction? Yeah. Angie, that's what everyone would like to know. <laughs> who are these yeah. Gen Zers? <laughs> um, we've... Uh, for a while, there was this fascination with millennials. There still is a fascination with millennials. But Gen Z is coming up right behind. I'm teaching a course with undergraduates right now where the average age is 20. They are firmly in the Gen Z category. Mm -hmm. So trying to understand them um, is just a wonderful uh, challenge. Mm -hmm. um, it's possible that Gen Zers are more demanding. Um, at least that's a hypothesis. I don't know if it's true. Um, they are more sophisticated about online, and therefore they expect more. They expect it to go right. Because and, they are digital um, natives. They're digitally native. And mm -hmm. so they very often will be more sophisticated than the retail sales clerk if it's you know, if they're dealing in store uh, or calling uh, or dealing with a chat bot. Um, so I, I think they, they're a sophisticated group when it comes to online. Now, if it's not online, if it's if it's in store, one of the the things that I'm curious about is whether they get less attention than uh, more mature uh, shoppers. Um, I had a, an assignment last year with my students where they were evaluating a shopping experience, and a number of them found that security was following them around the store. And so, yeah, I guess if you're 20 years old, does the store value you? Or do they think you're just in there to steal something? Um, and so uh, I think the Gen Zers, uh, um, you know, they have some issues, I think, with retail um, that, they, that have to be worked out and that stores should be thinking about. They should because they are an important shopping segment. And as they age and hopefully make more money in their careers, they'll also be spending more. So it is an important segment for, for stores to be paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we've been so fascinated with millennials because mm -hmm. they're at the sweet spot for retailing at the moment. Um, but the Gen Zers are right behind them. And uh, with every expectation that they will have uh, equivalent income, this may or may not be true. And uh, so we have to learn who they are and what, what motivates them, what turns them on. And, and there's a lot of popular literature out there on that. And you just sort of wonder, is it true and will it hold up? They're more interested in authenticity. Well, whatever that means. Uh, they're more interested in sustainability. Well, hopefully they are. And 
and hopefully they'll continue to be more interested in sustainability. They have more of a social conscience. Um, they're more uh, attuned to some of the startups, which um, uh, are very often pursuing a social initiative, uh, such as Warby Parker, where you give away uh, glasses, or such as Harry's, where 1% of sales goes to nonprofits, uh, etc. Um, and so Gen Z seem to be uh, oriented that way, at least at the moment, and maybe they always will be. Um, so they're really an interesting, uh, interesting segment that we, we want to learn more about. Sounds like another study. Yeah, another study. Right? There's <laughs> always another study out there if you're right. an academic. So armed with all this information that you've got in this study, this particular study, what should retailers be doing right now to change this downward trajectory of cons consumer loyalty, customer loyalty? Give us some action items. Right. Well, the first one, which is obvious and yet sometimes hard to do, is to get the store experience right and to get the online experience right. Um, this isn't always the case, um, and that's your starting point. The second starting point is if you're going to have a loyalty program, you have to have the information systems that will deliver the information uh, for that program. Um, for example, in terms of returns, loyalty program members would say, hey, they wanted to, my receipt. They shouldn't need my receipt. They have all of my information. I bought with a credit card or I used their loyalty card. They should know when I bought and what I bought. And that's an expectation. So the store has to have information systems that align with the loyalty program and take care of their customers. I think you have to have an, in, an integrated omni-channel view of life. I think uh, in this pandemic, what we've realized is that yes, uh, consumers will go to stores, they will return to stores. Will they return 100%? Probably not. Uh, online will has increased significantly. Some of that will remain. My view of life at the moment is it's a 70-30 phenomenon, no matter what you talk about, whether it's people going back to office buildings or, or consumers going back into stores or people going back into restaurants, at least for the next five years or so, 70% uh, of them will, will do it, not right away, and 30% and will be comfortable just staying online or staying using Zoom, but they're not going to rush back into stores or rush back in office buildings. You could even wonder about the long term. I mean, I think in the long term, maybe it's not 70, 30, but, you know, at least maybe 10, 15 percent of what we've considered, quote, normal, as if anything is ever normal, is has gone. And people have adjusted to this new environment. Um, service recovery is key. Um, there are going to be problems. There is going to be friction in the, the purchase experience. There always has been. There always will be. Be great if we could eliminate it, but it's not going to happen. And so service recovery is really absolutely critical. And not all retailers are good at that. Um, sometimes it takes too long uh, to get the uh, problem resolved, um, or sometimes it doesn't get completely resolved. Or sometimes a customer has to talk to more than one person to get it resolved. Um, or sometimes the customer can't talk to a person and they have to do it all uh, through chatbots or of various mm -hmm. sorts. Um, so service recovery is a big item at the moment. And finally, if we build expectations 
um, especially for loyalty programs, we have to we have to deliver, or we're going to be punished. And and this is really the boomerang effect. Um, you promise things, and then you don't quite deliver, and consumers come back to bite you. Um, so I think we have. To, if you build these expectations, you have to deliver. So I'm going to sum this up for you. You've got four action items. Uh, stores need to improve the shopper experience. They need to improve service recovery. They need to uh, have better loyalty programs and really shore up their digital platforms. Um, and I know you mentioned the word omnichannel. That's a word we hear a lot in Wharton research, and I think it's become a huge component, a huge pressing issue for a lot of retailers. Uh, so those are some things that all the stores can go out and start working on right away. Right. Well, I think I'm going to meet back with you right here in about three years and ask you about that 70-30. We'll see how it worked out. <laughs> or the third study if we do it. Right. It's over. Right. Dr. Robertson, I want to thank you for providing some really valuable information today that retailers can go out and act on. Okay. Thank you very much. Good right. to see you again. If you'd like to read the full study, you can find it right on the Baker Retailing Center homepage. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find many more just like it online at Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you for listening today. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.